First week, we talked about the altar of covenant. Everything in our relationship with God is based on his covenant with us. And last week, we talked about the altar of celebration. And today, I wanna talk to us about the altar of sovereignty. The altar of sovereignty. And the sovereignty of God is the same as saying the lordship of God. It's saying that he is in control over all of creation, that he is uh, the Lord and has control and authority and covenantal presence over us. And a, a sovereign is a ruler. It's a word that we don't really use much in, anymore uh, because we've kind of moved away from this idea of the divine sovereignty of kings and queens, but it is still a reality with God, that he is the king, he is the Lord. Scripture refers to him, uh, uses this name Lord uh, many times, over 7,000 times uh, as the name of God in our Bible is the name Lord. And that, that word is conveying his sovereignty and his control over everything. And so to discuss the sovereignty of God is to discuss the lordship of God. It is to discuss the greatness of God, the qualities that make him God. Think about that for a second. God actually thinks he's God. He actually thinks that he has the last word, that he has rule over everything, and that he created everything. And so that the three things, when we take, talk about the, the sovereignty of God, it's his control, his authority, and his presence. And we see in 1 Kings chapter 18, we're gonna be walking through a story today where we see the altar of sovereignty that is built. The altar of sovereignty that uh, is shown and displayed in scripture and has to be a reality in our life. And I would say that this is, as I talk to people and as I deal with people and I see quote unquote Christian culture, that this is the altar that's missing. This is the altar that we often skip. This is the altar that we often neglect. We're fine with Jesus being our psychiatrist and our counselor when we need him, but we don't really want him to be Lord. We don't really want him to have the last say in our life. But I'm gonna tell you, if you're gonna have an altar in your life, the altar of sovereignty has to be there. And in 1 Kings 18, we see that Israel has strayed away from God. His people have walked away from him and they have compromised and what they've created is kind of a hybrid religion. A religion that is mixed with Baal and with the worship of Yahweh. And God raised up a prophet. God raised up a voice to confront his people. And aren't you glad that when you stray from God that he always raises up a voice? Whether it's his word or somebody in a pulpit or a friend, God will always bring a prophet in your life to call you out. And he raised up Elijah to confront the nation. And they were led by two rulers at this point. Ahab, who was a Hebrew, and his wife Jezebel, who came from a foreign nation. And she brought her gods with her. And they created this system where you can still worship Yahweh, but you also need to tolerate and also participate 
and the worship of Baal. And this was a, a very, uh, very cruel, very evil religion. They would sacrifice children at the altar. They would uh, participate in cult prostitution. And, and it was a, not just a compromise, but it was a compromise with evil. And how many knows that evil never compromises? You can compromise all you want to, but evil will never compromise. It's never happy with just a little bit of what you have. It wants everything that you have. And so there's this spiritual war taking place in Israel where people are actually worshiping Yahweh, but also sacrificing their children. And so God raises up Elijah. He, he says this, as part of God's judgment, as a part of God showing his sovereignty, he says, it's not gonna rain for three and a half years. And this stirs up the wrath of Ahab, and Ahab calls him in. And Ahab and Elijah have this little conversation, and as a part of the conversation, the agreement is this. We're gonna meet at this place called Mount Carmel, and we're gonna have a good old-fashioned Western standoff where we're gonna find out once and for all, who's really in control? And we're gonna have sacrifices and we're gonna see who answers the sacrifice. And in 1 Kings chapter 18, it says this, so Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel and Elijah came to the people and he says this, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. And here's one of the most tragic verses in the Bible. But the people answered him not a word. They were so compromised that they couldn't say, we're going to serve God. They couldn't make a decision. And in verse 22, it says this. It says, and Elijah uh, said to the people, I alone and left a prophet of the Lord but Baal's prophets are 450 men. And the first point I wanna give us today is that the altar of sovereignty forces us to decide once and for all, who will we serve? Amen. We're all gonna reach this altar at some point in our life and we're gonna have to choose. Right. We're gonna serve the world or are we gonna serve God? Right. Are we gonna serve what culture is saying? Are we gonna serve what the word of the Lord says? And, and either God is Lord of all or he's Lord not at all. This hybrid religion stuff doesn't work. You've gotta make a decision. And so Elijah says to the people, how long are you gonna stand between two opinions? If Baal, if that's what you wanna do, go all in and do that. But if you're gonna serve the Lord, go all in and follow him. And I want to preference what I'm about to say by, by saying this is that this is a place where we can struggle. This is a place where maybe you don't have it all together yet. And I, I always say this, come back next Sunday. Amen. Just get yourself, get yourself to this altar. Maybe you missed it last night. You blew it last night. Come back, get here, get right with God. So I want to preference what I'm saying with this. But, everybody say but. If you have no desire to serve God, don't let church slow you down. I was talking to, to someone recently and 
I, I said, it, it just kind of feels like you've made some decisions. And you don't want to follow God. And, and I said, sleep in on Sunday morning. Go do what you want to do. Don't let church slow you down. Don't let me slow you down. If that's what you're going to do, go do it. Now, we'll always welcome you back. I'll throw the biggest party when you walk in the door. But, but don't let this keep you from what you really want to do. You've got to make a decision. You've got to. And every one of us here have to make a decision. We, we can't stand between two opinions forever. When you, young people, when you go to college in a few years, you're going to have to make a decision. You're going to have to bow at the altar of sovereignty and you're going to have to declare what really has power in your life. Come on, is anybody with me today? That you're going to have to decide. There comes a point where we've got to draw the line and we're going to say, we as a family, we're doing this. We've made our mind up. Maybe we don't have it all figured out, but this is what we're doing. We're not going to do this hybrid religion stuff. And the altar of sovereignty usually comes at the cost of popularity. Elijah said, look, there's all of you and then there's 450 prophets of Baal and I'm the only one here standing on behalf of God. And if, if you're gonna follow God, if you're gonna bow at the altar of sovereignty, it can be a very lonely altar. It can be a lonely place. There's not gonna be people standing and cheering. There's not gonna be people uh, encouraging you. You're gonna have to sometimes go to the altar of sovereignty by yourself. And they were, all, they were, they were followers of God in practice. But in their heart, they were bowing down to Baal. And Elijah's calling people back to the altar of sovereignty. Choose you this day. And the sin of complacency and lukewarmness. Come on, how many in here has ever had to fight complacency and lukewarmness? What it really is is a spirit of compromise. It says I want to do a little bit of this and a little bit of the God stuff too. And you're going to have to choose. Now we serve a God of grace. How many is glad that God's been grace, gracious with you. As I said before, how many is glad that I still don't have it all figured out, but I have my mind made up. I have my mind made up. The altar of sovereignty is where we drive out other passions and other influences and we put them down at the altar and say, God, they're yours. I'm all yours. The altar of sovereignty is where God controls our choices, God controls our relationships, God controls our passions, and there's no compromise with evil. There's no compromise with sin. It's where we say, God, I'm going all in with this thing. I don't care what the cost is, Lord. You have the last word in my life. And between two opinions, uh, uh, what does it mean to, to be between two opinions like these people were? It's, I know what God says, but I also value what my friends say. 
I know what God says, but I also value what culture is saying. I know what God says, but I want to be accepted at work. I know what God says, but I don't want to look ridiculous. I don't want to be cast, uh, be, be, uh, uh, be, be typed as one of those people. And so we go to the altar of compromise or we go to the altar of sovereignty. And you have to pick which one you're gonna serve. First Kings chapter 18, verse 22, it says, then Elijah said to the people, I alone am the prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Therefore, let them give us two bulls and let them choose one bull for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood and put no fire under it. And I will prepare for the altar of the Lord. And then you call on the name of your gods and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the Lord who answers by fire, he is God. Amen. The God who answers, he's really in control. Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourself and prepare it first, for you are many. And call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. So they took a bull, which was given them, and they prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice. Everybody say, there was no voice. No one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and cried aloud, for he is God, either he is meditating, he's busy, he's on a journey, or perhaps he was sleeping and must be awake. I love this, Elijah starts to talk trash to these people. One version says he must have gone to the bathroom. Where is your God? And so they cried aloud, I want you to see this. They cried aloud and they cut themselves, as was their custom, with knives and with lances until the blood gushed on them. And when midday was past, they prophesied until the time of offering of sacrifice, but there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. And the second point I wanna give us today is this. The altar of sovereignty will reveal what's real and what isn't. You see, our, our gods, this is what they make us do. They make us come back, and, and these Baal worshipers, they're crying out, they're dancing, they're cutting themselves, they're doing everything they can to get this false god to answer back, but there was no voice, and no one paid attention. And the false gods that we have in our heart, the, the false gods that we wanna coexist with the Lord, they will not answer when we really need them. And here's what our false gods make us do. They, they make us take the drug one more time. The addiction draws us back one more time. And what that is, is it's false worship trying to get something to answer back. The self-harm that we're committed to, the, the harmful lifestyles that we're, we're engaged in, whether it's going back to the illicit relationship, going back to the sexual relationship, it's a call to get something to answer back to the meaning of life that will never answer back. The materialism 
that so many Americans are trapped in is a, a, a call to get something to answer back that will never answer back. So we go back to the mall, we go back to the store, we, we rack up the credit card, we, we uh, do all the things that culture tells us to do that will make us happy, and it does not answer back. And maybe you're here today and you're tired because you've, like these bell worshipers, have been running around harming yourself, going back one more time for things that can't answer back. What that means is there's a hole in our heart that only God can fill and only God can answer. And people will risk everything that what can't answer. You ever watch these TV shows, these strange addictions that people have? And some people are, they're addicted to plastic surgery. And not to sound judgy, but they, they look like freaks now. Why, it, all that is is going to something that can't answer back. It is going to, to something, for some people it's eating, it's an eating disorder. It's going to something, it going, you're looking to God for something other than God to be your source. And it's, it's nothing that can answer back. Why, because the God isn't real. It's just a statue. It's just a figment of our imagination. And I wanna tell us today that there's a defining point in our life where we have to see through the vanity of everything and we have to call it for what it is. And for others, it, it takes place when a doctor gives us a report and we're forced to reckon with all the things that I've been asking to answer can't answer. For others, it takes a deathbed for them to reach that point that all my life I went for things that can't answer back. The house could never answer. The wife could never answer. The friends could never answer back with meaning. And by the grace of God, some of us have reached that point where we realize that the only thing that can answer back to me, the only thing that I can cry out to, that can talk back to me and give me reason and give me meaning is Jesus Christ is the one true God. How many today are thankful that you found a voice who calls back and answers by fire when we come to him? The only thing that will give us meaning is the blood of Jesus Christ. And so we come to the altar of sovereignty, tired, discouraged, depressed, and we say, God, I've tried everything else. I'm coming to you, and he is a God who will answer. I wanna tell you today, if that's you today, if you come into this place, like these bell worshipers, you have worn yourself out trying to get something to answer you back that never will. I wanna tell you, come to this altar today. I call on a name above every name, and he will answer you and he will fill you. Come on, is that anybody's testimony? You tried everything. You did everything there was to do. You tried every person, every trick out there, but one day you came into a church and you called on the name of Jesus and he answered back. Come on, I wanna tell you somebody today, there's an answer in the house today. There's a voice in the house today. I wish I had a few more people excited about who Jesus is. I wish I had a few more people 
that would stand on your feet and say, I thank God that I have an answer today. Thank you, Jesus. I, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna have a little object lesson. Now, this wasn't in my notes. Sometimes we have people come in here, and I understand what you just saw is a little bit different. It, it doesn't happen everywhere. But you know why they do that? Because they tried everything. They tried, you name it, they tried it. But one day they came to an altar in this church, and Jesus changed everything because he is the God that answers. He's a God that answers. And we have a better answer when that moment comes and we realize that nothing's working. And we realize that our whole life we've been a slave for false gods who can't give us anything back. And the answer is this, the turn of the altar of sovereignty. And hand Jesus the keys. Verse 30, then Elijah said to all the people, I love this, come near to me. So all the people came near to him. And I want you to see this. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. And then with the stones, he built the altar in the name of of the Lord. The third point I want to give us today is the altar of sovereignty has to be rebuilt in our life. Elijah, he calls out to the people, and I believe that he's showing God. He's a picture of God in the story. He says, Come near to me and watch what God's about to do. And that's what that's the grace of God. When we've compromised when we've gone the wrong way, he doesn't push us aside. He says, come near, come closer. Maybe you're here today, you're not where you need to be with God. You know what he's saying? He's saying, come near, come closer. Watch what I can do. Watch what I can do. All your answers today that you need in life, come, come near to Jesus. What's he say? Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. If there's a space between you and God today, it wasn't God that moved. It was you. We've moved. We've gone to false idols. We've gone to things that can't answer. And I love what the word of the Lord says. It says that he repaired the altar of the Lord, which was broken down. You see, at one point in time, apparently there was an altar in this place and over time, it became neglected, and it became broken down. And if you are going to have a personal revival in your life, you've got to repair the altar of sovereignty. Maybe there's some history in your family of a long line of altars, and you're the one that's dropped the ball. You're the one that walked away from God, and you're leading your family the wrong direction I want to tell you today, it's not too late to repair that altar. There's something still left there. God will still answer. And he gets 12 stones. Remember last week we talked about the altar of celebration? 
What did God tell Joshua? I want you to get 12 stones. And I want you to build an altar so that people don't forget what I did here. Some of us, we need to go back and we need to, to get some stones. We need to make that sacrifice that it took to rebuild this altar. Because what God is saying to the people, before I do anything, you're gonna have to repair this altar. You're gonna have to come back before me with humility. And that's what altars are all about. Altars are about humility. It's about God, I'm gonna do this your way. I'm gonna do it by your instructions. I'm gonna do it by your timing. And there comes a time where each of us has to rebuild an altar. I know I've had to rebuild some altars in my life. Where there's some consecration that I've let go. There's some things that I've compromised with in my heart. And I have to go back and grab some stones and rebuild that altar. And here's what happens. When we leave the altar of sovereignty like the people of Israel had at this time, when we leave the altar of sovereignty, we walk away from God and we are open to deception. We're open to what the enemy says. And you, you, you think about this. How did the people who had the word of God, the knowledge of God, God had done so many wonderful things for them. How did they go from that to sacrificing their children and committing these abominations? Well, it happened gradually by walking away from altars. That's why we will always have an altar call in this church. We will always have a prayer time in this church. Why? Because that is a chance for people to meet with Jesus. And here's what I think happened. The further they got away from the altar, the more they forgot who they were. They forgot about the Red Sea. They forgot about the Jordan. And they went to these strange practices, these strange gods. And I love the end of this story, verse 32. Then when the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. By the way, you've, you've got to build the altar of sovereignty in the name of the Lord. It's the only, the name of Jesus. There is no other name. It's the only name that will answer back. And we're not being proud and we're not being arrogant when we say there is no other name. It's just a fact. Why? Because Jesus is the only God who died for you. He's the only God that bled for you. He's the only God that rose again on the third day. And he's the only God that's coming back. So he, he rebuilt this altar and it says he made a trench around the altar enough to hold two seas of water, of seed. And he put the wood in order, cut the bull into pieces and he laid it on the wood and said, fill four water pots with water. Pour it on the burnt sacrifice on the wood. Then he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So the, wall, the water ran around the altar and also filled the trench with water. And I want to stop here. Remember, there's, the context of the story is there hasn't been rain in three and a half years. How many knows that when it hasn't rained in three and a half years, water is a precious resource. 
And I can imagine that there were people watching this and they're like, this is stupid. I'm thirsty. But Elijah says, I want you three times to take the water you find and I want you to put it on the altar. And at the altar of sovereignty, we take what is most precious to us and we lay it before the Lord. What does that mean? We, we put our feelings on the altar of sovereignty. We put our comfort on the altar of sovereignty. We put our future on the altar of sovereignty. And also the point of this water is this, that when the fire comes, it's gonna be proof that only God could do what just happened. And it says, and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant and that you have done these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the, and the wood and the stones and the dust and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now when the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And here's what I wanna tell us today is that renewal happens. What happens? The fire of God fell from heaven and it landed on the altar and it came down and it consumed everything on that altar and it brought people back to God. It brought the nation back into relationship with God. They realized and they recognized the sovereignty of God in that moment. And here's what I wanna tell us today. There will be no revival, there will be no renewal until we come to the altar of sovereignty in the church. You see, there's never a revival without repentance. And what is repentance? Repentance is turning from compromise, it's turning from the way we're doing things and saying, God, you have complete control. You have authority over my life. The musicians will come. I wanna tell us today, that somebody here today, you need to come to the altar of sovereignty. You need to come to the altar today and say, God, you have control. And here's also what we need to see is that, you know when revival will come to our church? When we give everything to Jesus. When we give everything to God and say, God, you have control of my life. You have control of this church. You have control of this house. You have control of my body. You have control of my mind. And God is calling us today like he called Israel, saying, come near. Come near and see what I can do with just one person who surrendered everything to Jesus. And I wanna encourage us today. We need to lay down some things at the altar of sovereignty. We need to lay down some drugs at the altar of sovereignty. We need to lay down some relationships 
at the altar of sovereignty. We need to lay down some dreams at the altar of sovereignty. We need to lay down our finances at the altar of sovereignty where we say, God, I'm all yours. It's all yours. If we could stand all over the house right now. God, I don't care if I'm popular. Lord, I want you. I want you to have complete control over my life. Come on, can we just lift up our hands right now to the Lord? Say, God, I'm giving you everything. Put it all on the altar today. Lord, for far too long, this family has tried to serve two masters. Today, we're coming back. We're gonna do it God's way. We're not gonna try to dabble in the world. Please, God, at the same time, we're going all in with this thing. I wanna tell you, if you do that, Oh, can I just talk to you for a second? For some of you that's been seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I want to tell you, what will keep you from it is not coming to the altar of sovereignty. If you're seeking the empowerment of God in your life, maybe he's waiting on you to lay some stuff down. And I want to tell you, when you do that, watch the fire fall. Watch God show up and show out. Come on, with every hand lifted right now, God, I pray for every person, God, that needs to repent of sin. I pray for every person that needs to make a decision today, whether they're gonna serve you. God, I pray that they would go all in today. Lord, we repent, God, of anything in our life that's not you, like you today. Rid us of any compromise in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we know one of the ways we go all in is in the waters of baptism. Lord, I pray if there's anybody, Lord, that wants to be baptized today in the name of Jesus, I pray they would come to this altar of sovereignty. Lord, and as a sign that they're going all in with you, God, they would go in the waters of baptism. God, I pray for anybody that's seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God, I pray, Lord, we would repent of our sins. We would commit ourselves, God, to follow you. And we would seek you with all of our heart. Everybody say, all of my heart. This altar's open right now. If you got some baggage, lay it on the altar today. You got some things that need to be worked out, lay it on the altar today. Come back, say, God, I'm gonna follow you. How many's glad you made that decision? How many could say the best decision I ever made was to follow Jesus? We're gonna sing one more song.